All right, so last week, Aaron Etheridge preached on uh, John 15. Does anyone remember what we talked about? Abide in me. And uh, just like he's the vine, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and we're just talking about abiding in the love of God. And, and this week, I'm not sure if I'm taking a, uh, a step forward or a step back or a step sideways or no step at all, uh, but I wanna keep talking about the love of God um, and, and you and you loving God. Um, and I'm gonna start with a story, okay? Are we here? Are you here? Hey, come on, give me something. Give me some head nods. Um, cheer even, yeah, yeah, that felt better anyway. Head nods are so quiet. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm gonna start with a story. So me and my grandfather, uh, growing up, I used to go fishing. He desperately wanted me to be a lifelong fisherman and hunter, and I am not. But I have fished and hunted before, courtesy of my grandpa, and so, yeah, this is me and him. And, oh, uh, look at him in the little life jacket. No, none of that? All right, anyway, also I realized my grandpa doesn't look happy. I, I never saw this photo this way until the 9 a.m. where I thought it was grandpa smiling at me and he looks actually pretty disgruntled. So anyway, I used to fish with my grandpa and he would get in his blue Chevy with his blue Stratus boat attached to the trailer and, uh, and, uh, or the trailer hitch, whatever you call that. And uh, we'd go fishing. We'd stop at a gas station, get a Snickers ice cream bar for me first. Then we'd go fishing. And just picture that size me fishing with a little junior fishing pole. And if you've ever been fishing before, you know that there's like a little bobber that sits on the water, and whenever it goes underneath the water, what does that mean? Yeah, you got a fish, or maybe brush, a stick. Um, for me, it was usually like a stick because I cast my stuff too far. And so anyway, so I'm fishing, and my grandpa, just kind of out of the blue, uh, as he tells the story, I actually don't remember this moment, but he, he told it to me a few times growing up. He says, Joshua, do you know what it means when I tell you I love you? And I'm sure I was just like, no. What does it mean, Grandpa? Tell me. And he said, when I tell you I love you, I'm saying I would give my life for you. I'm telling you that I would die for you. You're that valuable to me. And he tells me that I just sat there and kind of nodded my head. I was just like, okay. And just started fishing again. <laughs> and so apparently a few minutes go by, and I finally go, Grandpa? He's like, Yeah. I love you too. And according to him, yeah, thank you. It's very like a sweet moment for me as a kid, one of the few. And, and he tells me that he believes that for those few minutes, I had received his definition of love, giving my life for someone, and actually contemplated, okay, well, this is the first time this crossroads has happened. Do I like my grandpa or do I love my grandpa? <laughs> what is it? Because <laughs> I don't know, right? Because once you get that definition of love, it's kind of a game changer. It's like, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were just like being nice to each other. Like, you're trying to die for me. That's kind of crazy. And so I had to think about it, right? Because it's a big deal. Like if you have a really deep, like robust definition of love in your heart, you know it's a big deal. Some of you are in dating relationships right now and you're figuring out if you should say it first because you're worried they might not say it back and I just wanna pray for you right now. I just pray peace over that situation. Like, like we know it's a big deal, but also we live in a world that has so many different definitions of love, right? It comes out in various forms. Like you'll hear me say this. Oh man, I love Taqueria del Sol. I do. Uh, I, I love their queso. I love their shrimp corn chowder. I love their fried chicken tacos. It is my vibe. I genuinely, I mean that, I love it. In a different way though, right? <laughs> like uh, some of you are like, man, I love the Avengers movie. Like Thanos and Superman. Wait, is Superman in that? Spider-Man and all those like guys, like that was amazing. And then they just kind of, you know, like, whoa, that was crazy. And it was a great finale. You know, like, some of you are like that. Some of you are like, man, I loved 
that ballet recital, the way they balleted, that was like, am I reaching my demographic? I tried to do like arts, pop culture. Did I get you? Okay, so you know, we had different definitions of love. But we're gonna read a passage out of Matthew chapter 22 today where someone's gonna come up to Jesus and just say, hey, what is the most important thing? And Jesus is gonna say, the most important thing is that you love me. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 22. And we're gonna dig into this command to love Jesus. And when Jesus says, love me, he's not talking Taqueria love or Avengers love or ballet love. It's that I'd give my life for you love that he asks of us. And so I'm gonna read uh, Matthew chapter 22. I'm gonna take a drink first. And I hope you don't hear the sound effect in the mic. It's like a pet peeve of mine when I can hear someone like swallow the water. Um, All right, Matthew 22. Uh, Read verses 34 through 37. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. He said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Basically, what's, what's the most important thing? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. And so someone just comes up and says, Jesus, like, what? What's the most important thing? And, and Jesus doesn't say, Man, be really careful not to make mistakes, be really careful not to break the law, like try really hard, prove yourself worthy. He just goes, no, the greatest commandment, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter six. That's the verse he's quoting. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, originally, when I wanted to, I felt like God put this passage on my heart. I was like gonna break down the heart and the soul and the mind like in depth. And then I realized I'm not smart enough. I studied for like six hours and was like, I can't. So I'm gonna give you some like shallow surface level, like just easy definitions to think of when you think about the heart, the soul, and the mind. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, what he's basically referring to is your character, your emotions, your personality, like that inner you, the you that makes you you, that that person. Love God with all of that, all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. The soul is like the bedrock of the self. Like it's, it's the truest part of you. Like when everything is stripped away, when everything's gone, what's, what's left at the base of who you are? That's your soul. And you feel that overlapping nature with heart, heart and soul. They're kind of similar. They're kind of different. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. He's saying with all your logic, with all your understanding, with the way you see the world, love God with all of that. And the, over, the kind of the overlapping nature of these three words is really intentional. Like they're kind of similar, they're kind of different. But really, all this command is saying is, hey, love God with your life. Every single bit of it. If it is a part of your life, love God with it. That's what he's asking for. Fair to say, this is a big command. Sure, like a big ask, right? Like every part of your life, love me with it. That's a big thing. And maybe you're here this morning and you hear that and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of out. I'm down to give them like a few hours, but honestly, I'm tired, (laughs) distracted, Uh, not a lot of feedback when I pray. I'm just kind of out. But I do believe like this morning, the Holy Spirit, like I feel like he led me to tell you, God is asking you to love him with everything you have. But depending on your situation right now, this might feel daunting. So I want to give us a couple of important things to remember when we read something like Matthew 22, like the great command, the first thing we need to remember when Jesus says, love God with every bit of your life is 1 John 4, 19. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We cannot skip this step. 
And some of you are in church hearing a preacher say God loves you and he loved you first and you're like, no kidding. I can get on Instagram and look up any pastor I want and that's what I'll get told. And I hear you, I hear you. But look, God told me to say it, all right? So take it up with him now. Um, so I believe you need to hear this this morning. Like if you hear Matthew 22 out of context, hey, love God, but you don't know he loved you first. All you're being invited into is a toxic relationship with the deity. It's just kind of weird. Like, can I get, God, do you love me? I don't know, I'm not sure. That's not, that's not fun. Jesus has not had that for you. Know that he loved you first. This is why in Ephesians 3, Paul is writing to a group of Christians, the church of Ephesus. And I'm gonna try to read this slow because this verse, this is kind of like a wild passage. It's like pretty wordy. Um, but you can hear Paul like just kind of gushing out of his heart, having this prayer for this group of Christians, a lot like us. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Amen. I'm not used to that train. That according to the riches of his glory, okay, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, epic, through his spirit in your inner being. So that you get strengthened through his power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in this love that loved you first, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and strength to comprehend, oh wait, I'm rereading, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Do you hear Paul like trying to articulate like what's in his heart? He's like, I need you to understand what you could never understand. So we're gonna need the Holy Spirit's help. Like I'm praying for you, you Christians, like followers of Jesus, and here's my prayer for you. It's not that you'll find your soulmate, it's not that you'll get that job that you desperately want. It's not that you'll finally figure out your Enneagram type. It's that you will love, <clears throat> that you will understand the depth, the, the width, like how surreal, how just great the love of God is for your life. Think about this, Paul, Christian man, like walking close with Jesus, writing to a group of people that by all accounts, walking close with Jesus, they know they are loved. And what is Paul's prayer for them? No, 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 no. You don't understand. Holy Spirit, please help them understand how serious and substantial the love you have for them is. It's so great that we need God himself to help us receive it. Some of you literally need to stop listening for the rest of this morning, won't hurt my feelings, and just meditate on that passage. Help them know how deep your love is over their lives. So it's key that we know he loved us first. That if we say, I love you to God, we did not just come up with an original idea. Like a group of people wasn't like, you know what? Who deserves love and just never gets it? God, we should love him, right? Like God started this idea that God and creation would walk in this divine intimacy together, loving each other. He loved us first. So anytime we're asked to love God, we are loving God in as a response. We are responding to a love that met us first. All right, simple enough. We still here? Yeah, thank you. We're kind of here. I love it. All right, so first, God loved us first. Secondly, when we read Matthew 22, we have to remember that Jesus lived this first. 
I just want to touch on a few passages that came to my mind when I thought about the heart of Jesus. When I thought about Jesus loving with all his heart, I thought about Luke 8, verse 43. There's a story of a woman who's just had this disease for years and years and years. And I don't know if you've ever been in a high school hallway and just if you remember the ruckus of like locker doors slamming and kids yelling and just kicking stuff, like just being insane just because, you know, they're 15. But she finds herself in a similar type environment. Jesus, like, man, he's, his fame is like at its peak at this point. And he's literally on his way to resurrect uh, a dead person. That's just like a thing Jesus would be on his way to do sometimes. And he's on his way to resurrect someone from the dead. Crowd going crazy, people talking, mumbling, just lots of charming, whatever. Charming? Is charming a word? I don't know if it is or not. That doesn't feel like a word. Maybe it is. But anyway, he's, he's on his way. People are talking. And this woman has the courage to reach out through the chaos, through the crowd, and just touch Jesus. And Jesus, as he's walking, literally goes, hold up. I think I just healed somebody. Who touched me? What happened? Which is pretty dope. I thought that was a pretty cool detail. He's like, he like felt his power like leave behind him. He's like, okay, who was that? You know? And he looks at this woman who is healed because of her faith. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. No crowd too crowded. All the chaos was not too chaotic for Jesus to pierce through the noise and go, I see you. I love you. Your faith has made you well. His whole heart. I thought about Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. He was this guy, apparently a little short, um, definitely greedy. Uh, he was a tax collector, stole money from his own people, kept some for himself, gave some for the Roman Empire. Just not a cool guy. Not a dude you're like going to crema with. You know what I'm saying? He's just not cool. And, but yet he, he climbs up on a tree to watch Jesus walk by. He keeps a safe distance from Jesus. He's got too cold of a heart, too much greed, too much grossness to get too close. And Jesus on his way yet again goes, Zacchaeus, I got peepers like a hawk, man. I see you. He didn't say that. I see you. I'm coming to your house today. He looks at Zacchaeus, all his heart. I think about John chapter three, like some of our least favorite characters in scripture, the Pharisees, just gross. Like all they knew how to do was follow rules. They were like those people that when you talk to them, like they just, they immediately like make you feel inferior. Just your favorite kind of person. Like, okay, I feel smaller, more insecure. I don't feel like I'm a good person anymore. Like that kind of vibe. And he's standing around a fire with Jesus in the thick of the night. And that conversation is where we get John 3.16. Jesus looks at Nicodemus, this cold-hearted religious guy, and invites him into relationship, all his heart. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was that conversation. Like that's the heart of Jesus. All in to the Father for the sake of the world. He gives his heart. Secondly, Jesus gives his soul. When I think of soul, I think of like, who are you when everything is crushed? Like when it's just all bad, just not good, just life, yeah, just gross. Who are you then? Like that's where you start getting a real insight. Who, where, what's your soul saying? And if you look at the life of Jesus, y'all, his soul just, just blows my mind. Think about him in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's the place that he prayed before he was arrested. Scripture says, distressed to the point of death. He's feeling the weight. And he prays, take this cup from me. He means it. He prays it. But then he goes, not my will, but your will be done. The more you put Jesus in that grinder, the more you crush his life, the sweeter he gets. What kind of guy prays that? When he's on the cross, all of his followers turn cowards or mockers. He's literally suffocating to death and uses his few precious breaths, not to get more breath, but to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
That is what it looks like to give all your soul. He gave all his mind. Jesus starts introducing like upside down logic, right? He comes in saying stuff that, that we love now, but at the time, like, blessed are the poor? What? Right, he says, let the children come? What, aren't they like loud? They don't even listen, they, even, they literally don't know what you're saying. They wanna play with rocks, let them come. Upside down logic. When he's assessing a situation and his fight or flight response is bubbling up within him, when he's thinking like, okay, this way is death for the world and this way is I get to be safe, I can either fight and win the fight or literally fly to heaven and I can do any of that, but he goes, man, my logic, my mind is fully given to the Lord. If your will is this, it is above mine. If this is your will, all my instincts, all my impulses, all my evaluating of the decision, like I think back to when I called my parents, just graduated Belmont, plenty of debt, called them, said, I feel like the Lord has me at Ethos and I'm gonna try to fundraise like seven grand to stay here. They were like, I don't know. It's like, no, I just feel like the Lord's leading me. Like, I think it's what's happening. It's like, that's what happens when the Holy, I'm not trying to like, I didn't use this example tonight. I'm not trying to uplift myself, but I'm saying that's what happens. Like the Holy Spirit helps us do things that we wouldn't do otherwise. And, and we just give our mind to Jesus. And so when we're hearing Matthew chapter 22, love with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, we have to start with those two building blocks. First, he loved us a lot. We need the Holy Spirit to help us understand it. Secondly, he lived this out. He gave his whole heart, his whole soul, his whole mind. And so number three, Matthew 22 is really this command to with your life say, I love you too. And I want you to know saying I love you too, a lot different than saying I love you. And some of you in your prayer lives, you just need to change that verbiage, just, to, just make that little tweak. Instead of telling God you love him, say, I love you too. Because I love you has risk involved. I love you, bite the finger. I do that. I don't think y'all do that, given how y'all looked at me just now. <laughs> but just like, yeah, please, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, I love you too, has no room for insecurity, right? No room for doubt, because I love you too is reciprocating what's already ours. And so Matthew 22, this great command, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, is love God also. Like, I love you too with my heart. I love you too with my soul. I love you too with my mind. And I don't have like, a lot of like clean points, like a TikTok link where you can, hey, watch this video in 15 seconds and your heart will just become warm to the Lord. But what I felt in my heart this week as Aaron was preaching last week, God was just like staring in me, was man, I feel like I just needed to be honest with you guys. It is so easy to do all this and my heart be just freaking cold, distant, jaded, cynical, tired. I get it. Hey, yo, I have never understood the American dream more. Amen. Yes. Go get a house. Five years, sell that house, get a bigger one. <laughs> Start doing a little fund, the I, IRA. What's, the, what's that fund? Roth, Roth IRA. Invest in one of those. Multiply your money, baby. By the time you're 50, you'll be a millionaire. Like, of course, that is nice. You know why? Because the world is so complicated. It's so hard, there's so much going on and my heart just so quickly is like no longer like on fire for the Lord. It's just like over here, like this is just better. It's easier, I can micromanage these things, we're good. And I just wanna stand before you and go, I am like praying, God, I need revival. Anyone else? I, hey, God, I lost focus, hit me up. 
I need that Holy Spirit prayer from Paul. I need my heart to be revived. Like I need to trade in my phone for a renewed heart. I need to trade in my idolatry for a renewed soul. Wait, I wrote down one more. What was it? Oh, I need to trade in my distractions for a renewed mind. I need to trade in my Instagram algorithm, self-obsessed, self-centered, only see everything through my point of view. I need to trade all that in for a renewed life. Holy Spirit, I need you. Revive my heart refocus my eyes. Oh God, you are the only, like I want to in honesty with full integrity. It's like this prayer in the gospels where a guy reaches out to Jesus and goes, Jesus, I believe. Help my what? Unbelief. Church, I just felt the Lord being like, we need to talk to God, get real. I keep wanting to say freaking. feels inappropriate for some reason. (laughs) We need to turn to God Get real and say, God, I love you. I do. Will you help my unlove? Find it. One place where I'm not loving you, show me and I will do it. And I will do it maybe with 10% of my heart or 50, just whatever feels like it's available. But God, where I don't do it, will you just overcompensate? I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my phone, with all my friends with my spouse, with my children, with my community, with my insecurity, with my anxiousness, with my job, with my office, with my calendar. God, literally, heart, soul, mind, three in one, one, however it works, I love you with it, help me love you with it. And I just felt this like, man, I need to remind you, you love God. Some of you just need to hear this, you do. I promise you do. Some of the stuff you're feeling out of doubt is rooted in your love for God. That's just how it is. I was, that's how I sum it up. That's just how it is, all right? Moving on. No, but I, was, I remember talking to my now mother-in-law. Her name's Chrissy. And I'd, I'd had the ring for my baby, Leah, my love, my sweetie. And I'd had the ring for like nine months. And she was clearly, like, I was in a very fortunate position that we were dating. And, and I was trying to like weigh out, like, man, I want to propose, but I had all these questions, man. Just, just trying to, just, my soul was like, I don't know, should we be flaky? Maybe, I don't know. And I was talking to her mom and I was like, I just, ah, it's just been hard. I got all these questions. I'm a little scared. And she was like, Josh, I hear you. But listen, you love her more than you think you do. Like I can just tell, I'm just hearing you. Everything you're saying is because you love her so much. And I know you got doubts. I know you got fears. I know you got questions. I'm just telling you, you do. And if you would have told me, that my future mother-in-law could talk me into that, I would have said, probably not, that feels biased a little bit, right? Like, that can't work. But I'm telling you, she said that, I mean, just like, just clarity for some reason. And as I was preparing this week, I felt that for you. Guys, you do. You love the Lord. You love him more than you think you do. You may be jaded, you may be tired. This past year might've just kind of knocked you on your back a little bit. You may be asking a ton of questions. You may be just in the peak of deconstruction. I hear you, you love God. He has marked your life. Every time my mom would catch me drunk or high, she'd tell me, Josh, he's not gonna let you run. I'm telling you, do you know how annoying that was? As an 18 year old, mom, I am running fast. Do you not see me doing it? Like it's happening. She's like, I'm telling you, you're marked. And now I look at that and go, thank God she told me that because it was true. And I believe that for you. Some of you need to remember, you are marked. 
that relationship, those memories will come back to the present. Like that love will be, it will come back. But we may need the help from the Holy Spirit. I love in John 15, what Aaron preached out of last week, says, abide in my love. A few verses later, Jesus says, I'm gonna leave, paraphrasing, and I'm gonna leave my Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you the helper, the spirit of truth. Jesus says, I'm not asking you to love me with all of you on your own accord. The Holy Spirit, the helper, the spirit of truth is going to be there to help you do it. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit, right? Amen, yes. I was talking to a buddy this week. It was perfect timing. He told me his life story and I was like, whoa, I'm like preaching on this. This is so sick. He was like, man, every day, get out of bed, on my dresser, my drug kit, the Bible, because he grew up Christian, so he kept the Bible, made him feel good. He had like Jesus tats, but he wasn't following Jesus. Just enough to say, like, I think I'm going to heaven. He was like, every time, go to the drug kit, faded all day, just, just smoking weed, just, just so faded. That's all he did. One morning, he hadn't listened to a podcast, hadn't listened to a sermon. He didn't like earn anything. He just got up out of bed, and he said he felt God saying, hey, we're done. You're done. Throw it away. Pick up the word. Let's do it. He said he threw away 90% of it. He said, all right. I'm gonna keep seven days worth, and then God, like, I'm all in, right? Um, and we, if you've ever been a stoner like me, you know that, that that's not a good strategy. And, uh, but he said, like, 10 minutes went by, and uh, he was like, he just felt the Holy Spirit saying, hey, all of it, all in. I want that from you. That same Holy Spirit that just does that, he is in you. My, my friend said, 2020 was the best year of my life. I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm just like, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he turn 2020 into the best year of your life? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's the helper, the spirit of truth that we will tune our ears. The Holy Spirit will partner with us and turn this thing around. Like I've heard several people say, 2020, best year. Almost all of them have in common. They found God. <laughs> like they found him. Like he rejuvenated their heart or he found their heart for the first time and they gave their life away and they're free. Does our world feel free? And the Holy Spirit will partner with you and help you come alive in God. We need to ask for him, Holy Spirit, I love you. Help my unloved. Now, I know a lot of this is like way up there. And maybe it's a lot of like feeling oriented. I don't mean to be that way. So if you're going like, I don't feel it. Like, I love what you're saying. I don't have like these feelings of affection for the Lord. And I just want to say, man, every relationship that is healthy comes to a point where you go, I don't feel it, but I'm choosing to show up. Like, I don't feel it. I mean, that, that, that right there is like the opportunity for a relationship to mature and to grow and become more Christ-like. So if you're out there going, I'm wore out, I'm beat down, I don't feel it, I commend you for keeping on, for continuing to listen for the Holy Spirit, for continuing to take your next step toward Jesus. I would say you're in a healthy, mature place with the Lord, even if it doesn't feel like it. And so this week, if you're going, okay, cool, love it. I love you too, Lord. How do I do it? Is there a way that I can do this? A few, a few ideas that I had, and I won't like do too many of these, but, but one, man, sometime this week, maybe every day this week, actually, open that Ephesians 3 passage and receive it. Over, don't leave, don't move. If you've been a Christian for zero seconds or for like 40 years, this is a good exercise. Open the book of Ephesians chapter three, 14 through 19. Be in a beautiful park or in your car or in a quiet room and just over and over again, man, the height, the depth, the, the, the width, man, oh my goodness, God, help me to just receive how much you love me and then say, I love you too. I mean, spend an hour just, you love me, I love you. And that's just where I'm at. I'm just gonna stick right there. Or maybe spend some time like journaling or pulling out your phone and writing this in your notes, but 
or maybe even just saying out loud, what's your testimony? Where have you seen in the past God touch down on your life? Relive that. Close your eyes and relive that story. Whether you have one or a hundred, relive where God touched down in your life and then just pray to him. Say, Lord, that was real. That thing happened and I love you. I don't feel you, but oh, I love you too. I love you too. Or maybe you just need to say thank you to God until like you're crying. Like just 50 things, 100 things, 200 things. Just keep telling God thank you. Point out all the small things and the big things in your life that you are thankful for. Man, gratitude will fix a cynical heart. You got so many blessings. You got more than you can count. Spend some time with the Lord saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I love you too. But I just urge you, church, remember that God has marked you with a heart. Even if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus, he has given you a heart that was made to say, I love you too, to him. He loves you. And so as we go to communion, I'm gonna give us a chance to sort of feel this out, to participate in a I love you too kind of moment. And so as we do that, whenever you get the, if you already have the cup or if you need to get one from the bar, you can, but uh, in a few moments, as you're taking the bread, it's in that little top part, we call it a rip and sip. So you, you rip the top, eat the bread, rip the next part, drink the cup. You can please, please use that. I didn't think that I'd say that out loud. Um, so... Uh, but as you take the bread, the bread, if you don't know this, that symbolizes that God became flesh. The bread is where we just remember that God took on flesh. He became human. He didn't leave a big gap in between us and him. He took on flesh, walked the earth. And when you drink the cup, we're reminded that he shed his blood. He gave his life, that, that heart, soul, mind type of love, that all in type of love. He did that for you. And so whether you want to do this by yourself, because this is pretty intimate, or if you want to circle up with your friends and pray with them, but just take some time and going, God, these two things are like symbols of how much you love me and just receive it. And then the second part, I would just encourage you to transition from you love me, I receive it, to I love you too, and here's a few specific reasons why. And just tell God this morning, do not pass this moment up. If you've got nothing else out of, the day, out of today, just tell God you love him and tell him a few reasons why. Just participate in that. And maybe you're here going, look, my heart's actually kind of great. I'm doing awesome. Maybe ask the Lord, who needs to hear this word that you know that's not here today? And you go be their minister. Or maybe you're here and you go, I low-key, I think I want to like give my life to God right now. Like I, I, I have been feeling his love for me and I want to respond with, I love you too, but I need some help. Come to the respond banner. It's in this semi-dark corner. If you just walk this way in faith, you'll see it. You will see it. Just trust the Lord. <laughs> um, but if you want to give your heart to God, Man, reciprocate, I love you too, kind of, man, please, come to the respond banner. If you're here and you just need prayer, come hang. We'll have a pastoral team there ready to pray with you. Um, but for now, we're gonna take communion. I'm gonna pray over us, and I just invite you. Tell God I love you too. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your life. Let's pray. God, thank you, love you. You love me so much. I could never understand, fathom how much you love me, so thank you. Father, I, I do ask for a special just heart revival from your Holy Spirit over any heart that's wore out. God, will you help nothing stand in our way? God, will you help us to just simply remove the things that are, that are making it hard for us to receive this? And, and God, will you help us to, to just go and chase you this week, to really go for it, to lay everything else aside? We love you. Help our unlove. Yeah, we love you. Will you lead us 
And so I just pray for the, for the two parts of communion right now. Help us to receive it. But for real, for real, for real, receive your love. And then God, help us to respond with I love you too. Remind us, Lord, where you have so touched down in our life. Remind us, God, you're so good. Help us to fight for you. You fought for us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.